the Get Real Indie Filmcast with Jeffrey Michael Bays and Forrest Day Jr. On the show today, we have Rona Edwards, the author of The Complete Filmmaker's Guide to Film Festivals. Uh, we're going to be talking about film festivals today. And by the way, this is episode 20 wow. of our podcast. How did we make it this far? I, I don't know, Jeffrey. This is I, insane. I, I would have never thought. This is 20. I, I didn't think we'd yeah. make it this far, but we did. And and I think we have lots of useful information in past episodes. And yeah, you know I what it, know it's we're like, going to have a bunch. It's like every episode is a chapter in a book. It's free film knowledge. Yes. And it, it's the, the folks we have on here are people that you normally wouldn't get to talk to. And we get to talk to them and share their information with you. Yes. So you as a filmmaker, if you're listening and you're a filmmaker or a script writer or just involved in the industry, a ton of information from the folks that we have on this show. So I, yes, I always learn something. For some reason, they talk to us. I haven't figured that out yet, but... Uh, I don't know. It's, we're um, thankful for that. <laughs> we must be charming. Yes. Before we get to Rona, we have a, some news to get to. Um, okay. First of all, Without a Box is going out of business. What? Did you hear about this? Yes, I did. Um, so Without a Box, which is the platform that everyone uses to submit their films to festivals, is uh, mm -hmm. phasing out in 2019. That's too bad. Yeah. Because it was a one-stop shop, so to speak. Yeah. You know, and they it say, made it easier. And there's a uh, message on their website that says, uh, you know, after 10 years, we've uh, decided to uh, stop doing this. Uh, that's... Mm. You think there'll be somebody else there to pick up the slack? Uh, well, probably. There's always so. Film Freeway. And yeah, you know, it, it's just, it's the evolution of film. I mean, think about it. Ten years is a long time in the film industry for anything because uh, things change so quickly, especially now. Um, you know, it's, maybe, maybe it's good. Maybe it's something bigger and better. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to be positive. Speaking of film festivals and being positive, I do have a list that I am compiling okay. of film festivals to avoid. Ah. So you, you don't want to get on this list if you're a film festival. Are, are we going to talk about it in this episode or are you going to uh, well, put it on the website? Well, I can, I can tease it, I guess. Okay. I have, a, I have two entries already on, on that list. But uh, Now let me ask you, why so, are they on this list? Is it, is it a personal um, thing or is it, a, is well, it just, a, you know, it, hey, they're just not good? You know, when I, when I go, I, I travel across the country and I speak at festivals and, yep. and uh, I teach uh, suspense workshops and, and all of that. Mm -hmm. So I deal with festivals a lot. And okay. um, oftentimes, well, not, not oftentimes, but sometimes there are, uh, you know, festivals that do not understand uh, communication and customer mm -hmm. service. And some are just downright rude. Mm, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I've these had are, experiences. Yeah. These are people that were just outrageously rude. Okay. Um, in my dealings with them. So I'm starting a list. So. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> we're watching you. <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, we do have a new uh, comment on iTunes. Um, <laughs> this just this is, in. <laughs> yes, this is exciting. Uh, so we have someone, the blonde in Florida, oh. has uh, posted a comment on iTunes saying that uh, she likes, we, we assume it's a she, likes, uh, well, maybe we shouldn't assume. 
I maybe didn't. It's, maybe it's a blonde guy surfer. But why do we need yeah. to assume it's surfer? See, I'm, I'm yeah. all of these images that I'm, hey, I'm calling up in my head. This is 2018, Jeffrey. You cannot be assuming things. <laughs> it's, it's, you shouldn't even assume it's a human. That's true. It's a blonde entity. Yeah, yeah, a blonde in entity in Florida. And, and how do you know they're blonde? It's, it's what that's what it says. Maybe they like blonde coffee. Okay. All right. So if you want to, we would oh, we encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes and uh, give us a feedback rating and uh, leave a comment. And um, you can tweet us at Borges Film or email info at Borges.com. On the show today is Rona Edwards. She is the author of The Complete Filmmaker's Guide to Film Festivals and also the author of I Liked It, Didn't Love It. Screenplay development from the inside out. Um, now, <laughs> on my little uh, card here, I have in parentheses, ask Rona about her bio because uh, she's done so much that I mm-hmm. didn't want to write it down. <laughs> so we're just going to ask well, her what she's done. Um, yeah, exactly. I know, I know that she's produced for NBC, Sci-Fi Channel, and a bunch more channels. So we're, we'll ask about her uh, biography when she comes on. Yeah, and if you pick up her book... Uh, her biographies in the back, and, and she has done a lot of stuff. So we're going to try to find out from her the top five uh, things to not do. Is it not do or do mm-hmm. in terms not, of not fe- festivals? Okay. And uh, I, I, my question is, how many festivals should you submit to? Um, mm-hmm. What's a good number? What should you plan on? Should you submit to five, ten, one hundred? So we'll ask her that. Uh, so we'll take a she'll break. She'll have and, the answer. And she'll have the answer for us. We'll be right oh, yeah. back with Rona Edwards. That's one thing Alfred Hitchcock was really good at, creating suspense with a camera. For the last couple of years, I've been teaching Hitchcock suspense techniques at festivals like Buffalo, St. Louis, Palm Springs, Los Angeles. Filmmakers are learning easy tricks for building suspense that are so easy to implement. Now there's a way for you to get access in my new book, Suspense with a Camera. It's available in bookstores now. And don't miss our free docuseries on YouTube called Hitch 20. Joining us now is Rona Edwards. She is a film and TV producer and author of The Complete Filmmaker's Guide to Film Festivals and also the book I Liked It, Didn't Love It, Screenplay Development from the Inside Out. She co-wrote those books with Monica Skirbelis. Uh, Now, Rona, you have an extensive biography. Uh, uh, so many things. Do you want to fill us in on uh, some of the highlights of what you've done in, in producing? Well, I, I would love to. Um, first of all, I want to say, you, when you say extensive, I have to look <laughs> behind me and see who's there because it never seems 
to ever be enough. You know what I mean? You're always <laughs> waiting for that next movie to get made and you're always looking for those new projects and they take so long to get made that you just never feel like you've done enough. But, but, but I think that's everybody, every artist out there probably feels that way. I just want to let them know that you're not alone. I feel the same way. I, I've produced about 11 movies so far, uh, mostly in television, but I've had many, many set up in feature film as well. They just didn't get made. They were lost in development hell, which our first book, or now in its third edition, I liked it, didn't love it, um, really talks about at length about the development process. Um, but I, I produced a lot for Lifetime, uh, I, NBC, ABC. Uh, I had a movie on USA Sci-Fi Channel in the early days, um, and I produced a few documentaries as well. Uh, had movies set up at Warner Brothers. I worked um, for a long time as a development executive uh, for people like John Larroquette, the Emmy Award-winning actor from Night Court. I ran his company and his development for a couple of years as well as uh, the Oscar-winning producer Michael Phillips, who produced The Sting and Taxi Driver and Close Encounters of the Third Kind, those three little movies, uh, and, uh, and also for the Emmy Award-winning and Oscar-nominated uh, producer Fern Field. Um, and she and I are still, well, we're all very close still, but she's, she's uh, I consider her one of my mentors for sure. And that was probably the first... Uh, uh, development job I had in the business. And before that, I was an actor and a singer. So there, that's the full game. I went backwards, actually. <laughs> that's something we learned tonight. We learned today that, and and I, I've spoken with you in the past, and I didn't know you were a singer. Yes, I am. Can't you tell? That's awesome. <laughs> that, that's, that's so cool. Now, what, what kind of music do you sing best? Well, I, I sing a lot of Broadway and standards. I like to sing uh, folk rock and, you know, play folk rock and sing and just uh, I've done gigs around town. I haven't done one for a while, and I probably need to do another one. That's really what nurtures my soul. Being an actor, I went to CalArts, so I, I was mm -hmm. in theater there. Um, I think it's made me actually a really good producer because I can look at a script and really know what actors uh, want to get out of a script, the drama and the kind of characters that really sell. Uh, so mm -hmm. I think it's helped a lot actually. So yeah, I sing all kinds of music, but probably Broadway torch probably are my strong points. You're going to talk today about film festivals for independent filmmakers and the five most common mistakes. Is that the, the most common or just common mistakes? Well, it's, it's something that, uh, my business partner, Monica Scribellis, who I wrote the book with, um, she, uh, used to be at Universal Pictures, and she really would look out for new talent at all the festivals. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, she and I were talking about what uh, what we saw filmmakers do that just kind of, you know, uh, might derail them a little bit, but also mm -hmm. that they don't put their best foot forward and they don't really shine the light where it needs to be shined. And I, we actually teach a maneuvering film festivals class online from ESE film workshops online. And, uh, that's a company I also have with her not to plug plug, but it's, what's interesting is we, hand, well, we handhold you all through the process. So uh, this is part of it. Uh, I think one of the things, this is not a mistake. This is just something for people to think about that when you go to a film festival, it's not just about your film. Okay. The film is the core. The film is the centerpiece of what, why you're there. 
but you're there for a lot of other reasons too. And you can make the most out of your, your calling card, which is your film. And you want to be able to promote yourself to all the people you know, not just your friends and family, though they should be in your contact list. You know, it should also mm -hmm. be to people you've networked and met along the way, such as agents and managers and producers, other producers and other directors and so forth, uh, other colleagues, um, actors, etc. You want to just meet as many people as you can and you want to keep adding them to your database so that when you do get accepted into film festivals, you send out an email and say, look, and I'm an official selection at Sundance. And then look at me, I've won this award or that award, the audience award. And when you go to the festival, you want to make sure that the festivals have an industry presence. And when I say that, because, you know, even smaller festivals all across America will woo some people like us to come to those festivals, sit on panels, uh, be keynote speakers, be there to present films, whatever. Um, and when they have an industry presence, those are the kinds of people you want to meet and mm -hmm. keep uh, a contact with and build a relationship with. So that's... Uh, you know, again, your film's at the core, but all these are tentacles or spokes in the wheel that uh, that can really help you. You also want to promote your next film. So you don't want to be a one-trick wonder. Somebody, you meet somebody from the industry, an agent, a manager, and they're, the first thing they're going to say is, what else do you have? Ah, yeah. So How far into pre-production should you be? How far into that film should you be before you promote it? If it's just an idea, should you be talking about that? I think if it's a script, if it's the, this is the next project you want to make, maybe you're looking for money. Maybe there's investors at film festivals that might be willing to put up some money. Uh, those are the, especially at the, some of the bigger markets like Cannes or Toronto or, or uh, Berlin, for example, Sundance mm -hmm. as well to a certain degree. Those are places where you're really going to meet industry people. Those are the high tier uh, festivals. Um, mm -hmm. But you'll meet them, you know, right under that, that, that tier. It would be like, a, you know, Tribeca and Telluride and South by Southwest. They're all, you know, nearing the top as well. And those are festivals that you can meet a lot of industry people and other contacts that might be able to promote um, or invest in your next film. I'll mean, give you an example. Uh, Monica used to be the artistic uh, and programming director at the um, Big Bear Lake International Film Festival, which unfortunately is no more, but it ran quite a long time. And there were these girls that attended. They, they did a documentary um, on Krista McCullough. And they, mm -hmm. they came to the festival dressed in astronaut suits from NASA, okay. NASA flight suits. So they got a lot yeah. of attention. Well, one of the people they got attention from was an executive who said, where are you selling your movie? And they said they hadn't gotten a deal yet. Turns out that person was from Walmart and offered a deal to them to sell it in all the Walmarts. Wow. So for, for wearing spacesuits. Well, no, for watching the film and liking it, really. But the fact <laughs> oh, okay. that they wore... <laughs> But, the, but, but they, it, they but drew it caught attention. Their attention. They drew attention, right? Yeah, that's yeah, a spacesuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does it every that, time, that, you know. That's, I, I a, guess that's I better, a bold move. I best. I guess I better start wearing spacesuits. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but no. But the point, I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the point is, is you don't know who you're going to meet, and when you have an opportunity, you embrace it, and uh, so you look for festivals that um, you know have an industry presence of people attending, and most festivals have websites. They all do, actually. And you can see who's attended their parties in the past. And you, you don't know. There's a lot more than just 
having your film in a film festival that you mm-hmm. can do to promote yourself. And then if you have your own company, you can promote your company. You can promote your company's slate. This way, you have a plethora of stories that you want to tell, and people love that. So um, the other thing I would strongly say before we get into the mistakes itself is that once you make all these grand contacts of people uh, at these festivals, and some of them may be industries, some of them may be collaborators, some of them may just be fans. They liked your, your film. Now you put them on your list, and you make sure they're aware of everything going on. You build your tribe, as I like to say, uh, mm-hmm. that will follow you through your career. You, most filmmakers don't follow up after a festival. They'll, they'll collect mm. all these business cards, and then they don't even bother to send an email and say, it was really great to meet you. I hope we can stay in contact. You know, I would love to get together and grab a coffee if it's, if it's applicable or appropriate um, mm-hmm. and, and so forth. Or if you've spoken to someone specifically about a project, you could say, I'd love to come in and talk to you more about that. And, and if they're interested, they're going to do it because people are hungry for good material. So. That's such a simple piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Follow up, send an email. But, we do that every day of our life, but it's like almost one of the great secrets. Yes. And you know something? They don't do it. This is what gets me. I yeah, usually yeah. come back, even to this day, I come back with a handful of cards and I'm not always good at it either because you get busy and then it becomes mm-hmm. too much time passing or whatever. But most times, I mean, uh, one of the great short film festivals that I attend every year is the Palm Springs Short Fest. It's, fan- it's all short films. It's fantastic. They do a great job for the filmmakers uh, and it's in Palm Springs. It's a great getaway as well. Um and you meet a lot of filmmakers on every level from all over the world there. Uh, I get a load of cards, and I usually send an email back uh, to each and every one of them and say how great it was uh, to meet you, and let's stay in touch, and I want to know more about what you're doing, and, and so forth. And I, I go as an industry person there, so I get a lot of filmmakers that email me wanting me to see their film and, and so forth. And I'll give you another example of how this festival thing works. I was a couple of years ago, I I went to the short film fest at Palm Springs and um, I received an email prior to going from a Spanish filmmaker. And he said, I would love for you to take a look at my film and meet up with you while you're at the festival. Mm -hmm. Well, I thought that was such a bold email, but a lovely email. I mean, he wasn't in you know, dignant about it. He wasn't in- insistent. It was a lovely email that he had come all this way from Spain for the festival and that he had also lined up this film he's supposed to direct here in LA. And, you know, he would just love to meet up. And I'm sure he sent that to a lot of people, but I said, yes, let's meet. Here's my phone mm-hmm. number. And we texted each other and we met at this very noisy after party. And I said to him, you know, it's really hard to talk here. Are you going to be up in L.A.? And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm going to be up there for a week. I said, let's have lunch in L.A. And we did. And he's very he's actually interested in a film of mine. But I'm also just interested in supporting him because I think he's going to do really well. His films have won all kinds of awards and he's just a charming person. And uh, Mm -hmm. we did we met at the film festival. So there you go. and, and and what you just said right there, I get out of it is be nice. Mm-hmm. Just be nice. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can be more powerful than your film. Yes, absolutely. Or, you don't want to, you know, uh, what what are some of the things? I've, we've had some people write and say, I don't understand why you didn't like my film. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, well, we never said we didn't like it. We may not have, you know, 
done anything with it, you know. But. Yeah. Well, how can people get a hold of you? Seeing we're talking about <laughs> your book and your website, we haven't plugged the website. Oh yes. Uh, before we get into the five mistakes, okay. let's do. Let's plug you. Oh, thank you. Plug, plug, plug. Well, uh, plug. Uh, you can uh, get us at E S as Edward Scribellus. So it's E S Entertainment dot net, and on that website you'll find a link to our workshops and our consultations, but you'll also, there's a, there's a, some helpful articles as well as we list uh, and we keep adding. I think we had uh, the 25 books we recommend for every filmmaker to have on their bookshelf. And Rona, it sounds like a lot of research is involved in uh, picking out which festival to submit to. Is there a central location? Is there uh, a list that you can trust to go to, to, uh, kind of get a feel for which festivals are the best to submit to. Well, you know, it, does your book, ahead, does your book mention <laughs> the best film festivals? Yes, actually, actually they do. They do mention a lot. We talk about the top tier festivals, which are the longer shots for most people to get into. And we talk, um, about other great festivals as well as shorts festivals and doc festivals. Cause not everybody's just doing feature films are harder because the feature films have to fight it out with the, the, what we call the independent, but the specialty studio specialty wings of the studio, the, the art house film that comes out of a studio. Um, uh, so sometimes an independent feature has a hard time breaking through uh, at those festivals. Sometimes they do. Sundance does a fairly good job, but uh, it's still, you know, they don't show as much as other festivals. So uh, there are other festivals that we recommend, but also in the back of the book, there's a list of a thousand plus festivals divided by region and countries uh, with their websites. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you email us, we will send you and we update it every year because festivals come and go and new ones take their place. So we update it every year. And if you email us for free, we absolutely will give you a new list. And what's the email? Go on ESE and there will be, um, if you go on our website, there's actually a form that you can uh, oh, okay, submit cool. and and uh, you'll get it right from us. Okay, it's under uh, but under I, bios and then contact us. And there's lots of is that right? Yeah, is it? I'm, I'm I, looking at it right now. So there's a okay, form and there's some, there's some direct email addresses as well. Actually, if you go on uh, where it says publications and then filmmakers guide to film festivals and scroll down, it will say. Uh, sign up for ESC's private email list and receive a comprehensive list of worldwide film festivals absolutely free. Just click here and put ESC film festival list in the subject line. So it's another way. There's all kinds of ways to get a hold of us. <laughs> Great. Um, now, here's a question I have, and this is something I've been wanting to know for a while. So if you have a film that is getting ready to to submit to festivals, uh, how many festivals should you submit to and how much money sh should you allow for those application fees? Because there's, well, it can get expensive, yeah. it can add up over time. Very, very expensive. Um, you know, I don't think there's a magic bullet for it. Some people go to 50 festivals. Some people say, I'm only going to limit it to these top tier or semi top tier and then I'll do some local just to test the waters. So some festivals require premieres, and you have to be cognizant of what that means. Sometimes it's a, 
an international premiere, sometimes it's a world premiere, sometimes it's a regional premiere, sometimes it's a city premiere. So you want, and that will, that will, each festival has their own guidelines. So I, it's not uh, necessarily regulated. Um, so you want to first check that. You want to do a timeline of the festivals that interest you the most. Uh, if you know, you're going to try, if you feel like your film is really worth trying to get into Sundance and trying to get into, you know, uh, Telluride or, uh, Tribeca or something or South by Southwest, then you need to plan it according to the timeline. When are their due dates? When's the early deadline? When's the regular deadline? When's the late deadline? And the late deadline is always going to cost more. Um, and most programmers I've talked to said it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, sending it in late doesn't mean it's the freshest in your mind because we may have a lot of the program set in our minds. Sending it early doesn't mean you're a guarantee either. So it, it's, you know, just make sure the film is ready. Um, hard to say how many do you do. I know one filmmaker who's gotten them into like 100 festivals. Now, a lot of foreign festivals are free. There's no entry fee. The cost is going to it. And that's actually one of the first mistakes people make. They don't include any money in their production budget for film festivals, not just entry fees, but how about travel? Now, you could say to yourself, and I as a producer would say this, if I'm running out of money and I'm making this film, I'm going to go to my promotion uh, uh, line item and probably pull from there, you know, if I needed to. But you should have some amount there for film festivals and try not to touch it. So you really need to strategize, okay, what do I hope to gain from this? Where can I gain it from? And then from there, start picking those festivals out that you feel can satisfy that. And so you should have an A list and a B list and even a C list because in the life of a film, aside from the premieres that might be required, um, you probably have 18 months in the life of a film festival. But those beginning six months are all about premieres. Then you can go to other festivals that don't require some premieres. And then you can go to even, even online if you wanted to at that point. You know, but that first year is incredibly important. And then you probably have about six months. There are some festivals that will allow uh, films that are two years old to be in their festival. It depends on, again, sometimes you want to go to a festival not only because there's industry presence, but maybe you just want to go to a film festival because, oh my God, it's in Portugal. I've never been to Portugal. I'd like to go to Portugal. That would be my excuse. I'll get my film in the festival and I'll go to Portugal. You know, <laughs> So it's a de what we call a destination film festival. It's a nice place to go. Why not, right? Um, so there's a lot of leeway in how you would decide. Obviously, the first thing is, how am I going to get the most bang for my buck? and get the most presence of industry people, if that's my desire, or do I want to get as many people as I want, as I can to see the film period? So what's I, the life expectancy on a, on a short film, for instance, you, you were talking about like a year and a half. Yes, that's about I, right. I know some people who've got films that are two years old and they're still doing film festivals. Yeah, Is that I think that's pretty, I mean, I would, I was going to say two years, but I feel like the last one, the last ones that go in the festival, you know, the last part of that two years, for example, um, yep. you know, would not be obviously the ones that require premieres and would not be higher tier necessarily festivals. Gotcha. So, you know, they might be more local. Um, again, you know, I know that if you're looking for, let's say, a distributor, a major Hollywood distributor, 
Mm-hmm. They probably won't look at all those little festivals that you've gotten laurels for. Mm-hmm. And they'll probably look at what festivals you got laurels for from Telluride or you know, Tribeca or South by Southwest. Or I think they might even look at Cleveland because Cleveland's an academy qualifying. You know, the one thing about the Palm Springs Festival and others, at Palm Springs Short Fest, is programmers go to those festivals. And they look for films to put in their film festivals. So any, you know, the Palm Springs Short Fest also has a market attached. So if your film doesn't get into Palm Springs, it's automatically entered into the marketplace, which means, I mean, I do this a lot when I go there. I go and I sit in a cubicle and I watch my films, that, my short films that way so I can look at new talent and stuff. And there's stuff mm-hmm. that I'll look at the log line and it will interest me. And I don't know if it's been in the festival or not, but it's there and I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and other programmers are doing that. And they're looking for their film festivals. So there's a book right there on top of the book you've already written. <laughs> Programmers, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, just the book, uh, just everything you're you're yeah. saying here is like such a wealth of information yeah. for anybody who's, uh, whether it be a short or a feature. Um, and don't they have like little festivals for like the little tiny shorts, like the two minute? Um, yeah, I've seen the one minute short and stuff, and and and. Or twenty was it twenty four hour filmmaking festival? You you get what you're doing, and you have to make it in twenty four hours, and you have to show it in the next twenty four. It's like yeah. a forty eight hour film festival, or oh, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's something for everybody. You know, it, it's it's very interesting though because uh, film festivals are a way for people to get their films seen, and for film industry professionals, Hollywood professionals, what they like about certain film festivals, like the big ones, I, that I don't have to actually name. You know who they are. Um, because they've been already curated. And that's, that's what a film festival is. It's a program of curated films. They've been vetted. They've been curated. You may not like everything that's being shown, but they're shown for a reason, for whatever that reason may be. Something was interesting that year uh, or, you know, for that particular film or this particular film. Um, but they are curated already. So therefore, someone has already sifted through all the films and separated the dross from the gold, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and though we don't always agree it's always gold, why did that film get in and not mine? Uh, the one thing we understand is the process of programming, they have screeners, they rate the films, there's more than one person making the decision. Uh, you know, Newport has a whole online, Newport Film Festival has a whole online uh, 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 screener uh, website. Uh, where the screeners go online and pick the films and they have to actually write comments of what they thought and rate the films in a couple of different ways. And they have to watch quite a bit. Um, and from that, they, the programmers will look at all the uh, ratings and decide what films will go into. Uh, and that's, by the way, features and docs and everything. Yeah. And shorts and animation and music videos, I think they have there as well. So mm-hmm. that's in Newport Beach here in California, not Newport, Rhode Island. Oh, okay. <laughs> just to be clear. Yeah, see, when I hear Newport, I'm thinking, oh, because that's not far from me. No, that's just I'm to in be Massachusetts. clear. Massachusetts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> mm-hmm. I got my east, my east coast state of mind on. Aren't we in the same well, room? Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. We're talking with Rona Edwards, author of the Complete Filmmaker's Guide to Film Festivals. Um, now, I'm not sure. I think we kind of meandered topics here, but we uh, originally. <laughs> Uh, you had uh, a list of mistakes. Um, 
Right. I listed one already. Okay. One being the um, uh, not putting money in your production budget for promotion that would be deemed towards film festivals, whether it's entry fees, entry fees, and um, and lodging and transportation and food and all that, just travel uh, to the film festivals. Um, sometimes you, you know, you asked about, you know, how, you know, how many film festivals, you know, if you're local, try some of your local festivals just because you want to get your feet wet and it won't cost you that much to go there, you know? Okay, Rona, hold that thought. We are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back and we're going to get more, uh, we're going to try to nail down these five mistakes that filmmakers make surrounding film festivals. She's already mentioned one, but we'll get to the next four right after this short break with Rona Edwards, the author of The Complete Filmmaker's Guide to Film Festivals. As you may or may not know, I'm an instructor at Lights Film School, and uh, I want to tell you about this free webinar that Lights Film School is doing. This is not a paid advertisement, by the way. I just want to let you know about this, that they're starting this new webinar. They're experimenting now with webinars, and so they're offering a free webinar December 18th. Go to lightsfilmschool.com and uh, register and claim your spot. Uh, it's going to be the basics of filmmaking for beginners. Uh, what camera do you need to use if you're just starting out? Uh, what video editing software? And that sort of thing. So claim your spot, lightsfilmschool.com. The seven steps to making a good short film, December 18th. Back we are, continuing our conversation with Rona Edwards, the author of The Complete Filmmaker's Guide to Film Festivals. And um, Rona, you've, you've mentioned the first one, and uh, we're in the middle of five, the top five mistakes that filmmakers make. What, uh, what's the next one? Um, the second thing I would say is that I'm very picky about log lines, and most people don't know how to write a very good log line. They write it either very generic um, or they make uh, mistakes that, for me as a Hollywood professional, I, there are certain rules I have about log lines. I, I don't like, for example, putting a character's name in the log line, um, unless you're putting the character and then in parentheses an actor's name who's a known actor that for a program that would be okay. But the log line itself is really one or two sentences that, you know, tell what the film's about. Everyone should know that. But they don't know the difference between a tagline and a log line. A, a tagline is a, a, a kind of a hook. It's a marketing line. It's a, what I call a gotcha line that enhances a poster that piques your interest about the film. But a log line is really a summary from the protagonist's perspective and the obstacle that he or she has to overcome and possibly put a little bit of an outcome in there. Maybe you can include a theme as well, depending. The theme is the moral of the story. What's the message that you want the audience to leave with? Um, so, for example, 
Um, I don't like using proper names because we're not invested in, in those characters yet. So to me, they just confuse you, you know, as a, as a, as a, a moviegoer, I want to know more about what the character is. So here's a log line. I'll just read it. Uh, a dysfunctional family travels in a VW bus cross country. So the youngest member can compete in a children's beauty pageant only to discover that family is the one thing that matters. We all know what that one is, right? Should I know? Uh, is that the sunshine? Yeah, one? Little Miss oh, Sunshine. Yeah. The reason why I like this one, because it does include the theme, but you could get away with not using that end part. You could get away with a dysfunctional family travels in a VW bus cross country so the youngest member can compete in a children's beauty pageant, period. Mm-hmm. But yep. adding the theme kind of helps a little. Only to discover that family is the one thing that matters gives us a warm quality. But what I like about this is this just sounds quirky. A dysfunctional family travels in a VW bus right there. <laughs> that tells yep. you a lot. Yeah, it's going to be a rough ride. It's going to be a rough ride, and it's going to be weird and funny and quirkier than even one can imagine. And then so the youngest member can compete in a beauty pageant. You go, okay, that's all. Nobody else wants to be there, so all the the brothers and sisters probably don't want to be there. Right, yeah, and and there's all kinds of skeletons that come out of the closet on their way there and so forth. So, So right away we have a feeling of tone. We have a feeling of who we're going to be following, and no one's name is actually mentioned. If you mention the name, and they do this on Netflix, and they do this in a lot of other places, but I find it very disconcerting because I don't know this character's name yet. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. But tell me something about them. Don't waste the mileage on a name. That's what I say. You know, look at any program from a film festival and read the log lines and see which ones stand out to you and which ones you go, eh, eh. And even if they were a good film, they don't sound interesting. Mm -hmm. So you need to start selling from the get-go. And that's part of the selling. Log line is a selling tool. It's to whet someone's appetite, get their butt in the theater to watch your film. Mm -hmm. Pure and simple. Um. Another mistake that people make is they don't think about the marketing and advertising. And more than that, they don't think, uh, well, they don't allow enough time to accomplish it prior to a film festival. And there's a lot that you can do in putting together, you know, advertising and marketing. So what do you need? You, you need an electronic press kit, something we help our students do online. We, we walk them through and, and give them comments on their press kits. Um, What's included in a press kit? Uh, you know, uh, the uh, bios of, of your actors, the um, uh, cast and crew list, just a straight cast and crew list, uh, maybe a backgrounder or programming notes, maybe something interesting happened uh, in the shooting. Uh, if it's a documentary, you can even do a fact sheet about the facts. Uh, even if it's a, a narrative, if it's something based in factual evidence, you can use a fact sheet, but sometimes a backgrounder can be, or production notes can be from the director's perspective. It could also be from the producer's perspective. Uh, it could be from the writer's perspective for that matter, how they got the idea. Why do you do all this? Why do you give all this information along with photos in 300 DPI for print and 72 DPI for, uh, online? Uh, Mm -hmm. you give all of this because newspapers today, most of them being online, um, don't have, you know, it's, it's, they don't have enough writers. They don't have enough, uh, journalists out there to cover this stuff. So you're almost giving them ready-made articles mm-hmm. by giving them this stuff. So you do write a press release 
And uh, we teach you how to write a generic press release, but in it will be changed for each festival. You get accepted into film festival. Maybe you tell an anecdote about uh, something uh, that happened on the set. There's so many crazy things that happen on the set uh, that uh, I think make interesting anecdotes and need to, you know, be in your production notes or your backgrounder and give an idea to whether it's TV, local TV stations, local radio, um, and or uh, local press that they can garner and gain from this uh, great, great ideas for an article, a different take than just saying, oh, your film is playing Saturday night. Mm -hmm. So uh, you want to put any reviews you might have had on your film, if you've had any, any awards or the laurels, all those great laurels, uh, all that goes into the press kit. And you can design it really well. You can make it fun, depending on what your film is about. Um, I know one person had a short film that did a press kit. It was about uh, dating online, and uh, the whole press kit looked like an iPhone. Oh, that's cool. You know, and it was swipe left, swipe right kind of thing. So, uh, you know, it, it was, it, you know, you can make it fun. You can be imaginative. And that's also going to stand out, and it's going to be good to get press from uh, the local area. So all that stuff, uh, I think, is really important. So not having a press kit, not having... And you have to do this while you're making the movie because once the actors disperse for their bios, you'll never get anyone back, even the DP and all the... Those guys, once they're done with the film, they're done with the film, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, so... They, they just move on. Yeah, so and, and, you won't get it. Maybe from if they have PR people, but I'm talking about on a lower level here that they may not have PR people. You need to get it from them while you're shooting, while you have them as a captive audience, so to speak. Right, right, right. Sit down with them, get the information. Don't say you're going to do it later on. I I thought what was neat is uh, one of our guests that we just had on, Mara Lessman, um, sent me one on a flash drive. Mm -hmm. It had film extras, stuff that was not on the DVD. She sent me the DVD. Yes. She also sent me this flash drive, and it had such cool stuff. And, and the flash drive had the name of the film and the website right on it. Right. And well, um, you can even do a snap t- tag or a, a, a CR code, you know, and yeah, yeah. on it so right. that it, you just put your phone and it will take you to the website that you should have on your posters anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So any promotional items, bookmarks or, you know, things that you want to hand out at the film festival, to make you like those girls walked around in NASA suits. Uh, Sometimes I've seen people give out um, chapstick up in the mountains where it's dry. So that, you know, had on, had a label on it that listed the name of the film and the venue and the date and time it was playing at the festival. These are just all kinds of cool advertising things, but yeah, you you gotta get your press kit ready first and foremost, because um, from that, you know, you'll probably take your log line, maybe embellish it a little bit more for the program of the festival. But you'll want to get uh, one of the other mistakes people make is they don't, um, uh, you know, take advantage of the publicity opportunities, especially in smaller towns. Mm-hmm. So there's always, like I said, a local TV station or a local radio station. And you want to send them that press release and your press kit and say, I'd love to talk to you. I'll be up there here and here or on radio. It's like this. They don't need to be there. We can talk. You know, you get the idea that you there's a lot of press to be called and most people don't bother to do it. I mean, you probably should try and get someone on your team to do nothing but social media and publicity. You know, right. if you radio uh, morning shows are always looking for uh call in guests they get usually mm-hmm. got three four hours to fill in the morning so why not 
be the person filling in some time. Uh, exactly. And your, your film may be playing at the local, you know, film festival there in town. I mean, or even some of the bigger cities, because there are smaller radio stations here, even in LA that I bet that you could probably get coverage. And um, where are you in Massachusetts? I'm in Palmer, which is uh, near, Bo- we're about 75 miles from Boston. Okay. All right, I so- don't have the Boston accent. We're in the one section of Massachusetts with no accent that everybody associates with Massachusetts. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's, so that's another thing is that, you know, you, you send out that press kit ahead of time. Once you get accepted in the film festival, as you get closer, you want to try and book some, uh, uh, whether it's an appearance on the local station, access station or whatever, but uh, radio for sure, and uh, certainly the local press, of which there always is some weekly, you know, like we have the LA Weekly here. Everyone has a weekly, some have daily uh, local press uh, in, in print still, uh, let alone mm-hmm. online. But they have a lot of content that they need to, they, they need to fill up the website. So getting stuff up there should fairly be simple, I think, as long as you're prepared for it. Yeah, so don't make the mistake of... Uh not doing that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That sums it up, you know? Yeah, exactly. Think about your marketing and advertising. That's yeah. A good well, people point. always do it much later. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. They wait and then, yep. then they get accepted in the film festival and they're caught with their pants down, so to speak, you mm-hmm. know? Oh mm-hmm. my God, what do I do now? Well, if you had followed our book, <laughs> you yeah. would know. Film festivals, yeah, the complete filmmaker's, filmmaker's guide. guide to film festivals. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, by that time in the process, everybody is exhausted. Exactly. And I don't want to mess with any of this. <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's funny you say that because one of my sayings is, you know, the real work doesn't begin when the film's in the can. It begins after. Mm-hmm. You know, you think, oh, thank God I'm done. It's done. It's edited. It's done. It's ready to go. But what good is a film if no one's going to see it? Right. You made the product. Now you got to sell it. Right. So it's, it's still an extension. You're not done. And then after you go through the film festival circuit... You start all over again making the film, another film, you uh, know, and start it I'm all not, over I'm again. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, help, help. <laughs> so uh, oh, we sort of went over this, but the other mistake is that not targeting the right film festivals. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, we, but, you know, it's expensive and you need to do your research. And like I said, we give you tools. There's, there's a thousand plus festivals in the back of the book, but you email us, you're going to get a brand new updated list. Um, and go to the Academy Qualifying Festivals. Uh, there are some great short film. A lot of filmmakers who are making short films as a great calling card, a great stepping stone for them, certainly out of universities and colleges. Those are great stepping stones uh, to lead to the feature film and to, to working in the industry. Um, another place for publicity opportunities, I should add, you know, try to paper the town, coffee bars and stuff with your poster and postcards. And if you can't get there, then call the programming director and say, is there any student there that I can give $100 to, to paper the town with my poster before I come to town, like a few days before the festival? Mm -hmm. And that's something that's very doable. So, um, and also local organizations, reach out to some of them if you have a a movie that deals with something specific, senior citizens, um, uh, weight loss, I don't know, uh, mm-hmm. go to those groups and see if you can get them to buy a block of tickets to come see your movie because you want to yeah, fill the just- seats. One last tidbit I have for you, I think that most people don't talk about 
is usually at the end of a screening, there's a Q&A with the filmmaker, a very short Q&A. Somebody from the festival will moderate it. Uh, they'll ask a couple questions. The audience might ask a few questions. Um, and what's interesting is most times I hear filmmakers hem and haw and stutter. They're never prepared for the Q&A. And I say, what are, think of three or four good stock questions and memorize those answers for yourself. And what yeah. would those, what would those questions be? What would you say? I, I think a lot of people personally, I, I think a lot of people want to know what the inspiration for the film is. Absolutely. So what's your answer, right? Make, you know, don't go, uh, well, mm, I don't really know what my, uh, you know, inspiration. Oh, you should know that. Right, exactly. I've seen uh, young filmmakers in particular, they're shy, they're not used to speaking in front of all these people, and uh, they they are not prepared. So yeah, what's your inspiration? Mm -hmm. What was your favorite mm -hmm. thing that happened on the set? What was the worst mm -hmm. thing that you had to do? How did you come up with the money? You know, I mean, all this stuff, you know, unless it's a studio fair, which we know how they came up with the money then. But um, <laughs> yeah. You know, have a few answers to some rehearsed questions, some anecdotes, something that happened on the set. Um, there's also a way for you to take control of the conversation and ask the audience questions that you want to know the answer to. Like, mm -hmm. during this part, did you get this? Or, you know, what did you think of that? Or um, do you think this is a good film to show for blah, blah, blah? You know, Get the audience engaged. This is what social media does so well is engage the audience. Well, you can do the same thing at a film festival. And when you have your opportunity during a Q&A, that's when you should totally engage them and try to get their names and their email addresses and put them in your database so they can follow you and follow your tribe. Perfect. Thank you for all the information, Rona. Oh, this has my been pleasure. Awesome. My pleasure. So uh, that is our show for today. Uh, we thank Rona for uh, spending time with us and the great information. On the show next week, we're going to be talking about Clint Eastwood. We have a Clint Eastwood expert on the show next week. You can tweet us at BorgasFilm or email info at Borgas.com. We're also on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a star rating. Get Real Indie Filmmakers is created by Forrest Day Jr., also the host of Rolling Tape on YouTube. Yeah. And Jeffrey Michael Bays, the author of Between the Scenes, what every film director, writer, and editor should know about scene transitions. And, of course, my favorite, Suspense with a Camera, a filmmaker's guide to Hitchcock's techniques. We'll see you next time. <laughs> the Get Real Indie Filmcast is a production of Borges Networks, 2018.